back to A to Z Discussions. We're your hosts. I'm Alec. And I'm Zach. And today we will be discussing Spider-Man No Way Home with a ton of spoilers. So I'm really hoping all of y'all have seen the movie by now. It's been a very long time, Zach. It's been, what, four weeks? Yep, four weeks. And I must say I've missed doing the podcast with you. So have I, man. So, I mean... Four weeks is a long time, so I hope all of y'all had ample time to watch Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, if you haven't, if you don't know what the spoilers and the leaks or any, if you don't know what anything is, go watch the movie. I understand. Like, you should have, you should know it by now. We gave you enough time. <laughs> don't even touch this. <laughs> <laughs> like, we gave you way more time than you needed to go see this movie to not be spoiled mm-hmm. for our podcast. So, hope you enjoy this one. But you know, before we get into that, Zach, how have you been? How was how was Christmas? How was New Year's? Yeah, uh, I've been really good, actually. I had a really nice break. Uh, Like I was telling you before the break, I got 10 days off of work, uh, and I only had to take three days of PTO to do that, so that was really nice. Awesome. uh, Basically, the first day I had off was Christmas Eve, so the night before Christmas Eve, uh, Kayla and I drove up to her parents' place in North Houston, and um, we slept and woke up the next morning, and we had like a cool, you know, celebration. Uh, we went to church and then we came back and played like some minute to win it themed games, but they were like Christmas style. So that was kind of fun. We had awesome. some steak too. So like a nice Christmas Eve dinner steak. And then we woke up for Christmas morning the next day and Kaylin and her sister got to open up a lot of presents and that was nice. And then, uh, after we spent the morning there, we went to my parents' place for the evening. We saw my mom first and then we went to my dad's house for some actual Christmas dinner. So that was all well and good. Uh, we saw basically all the friends that I wanted to see while we were there, except for you, which was unfortunate that you had COVID at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really wanted to hang out with you. But we did end up leaving a couple gifts at your door and I saw you and waved to you. So I appreciate that. <laughs> there was at least that. Uh, but that was nice. And we came back to Austin like middle of the week the next week. And uh, Kaylin's friend, Marty, who you've met, she is actually joining the Navy. Really? So, yeah, it's a big move for her. Uh, but it also means that like she can't live in her apartment anymore. So she's getting rid of a lot of her furniture and she had like this full bedroom set. And this set was like completely new, uh, barely like a month or two old. And she gave it to us at like half price for a new set. So it was, it was just such a good deal. We couldn't pass that yeah. up. And it's going to a friend too. Like, so that's nice. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and we, and we knew that it was like in really good condition. We'd been over to her place before and we really liked the furniture. So uh, we got like a U-Haul like pickup truck deal and we drove over to her place, loaded up all the stuff. This is like the first time I had ever moved furniture in just like a open bed truck before. <laughs> so, you know, I was kind of like a newbie to all of that. I got like the, those metal hooks that you can like tie around the furniture and then you like crank them to, you know, get them all tight and, and secure. And we had like blankets and stuff so that we put on the corners so that they wouldn't scuff. Uh, and then we ended up driving on the highway all the way back up to North Austin with the furniture and everything was really well secured. No scratches, no bumps, nothing. Uh, we got it all up here into our apartment and it's really nice. It's making the room a lot more cozy to uh, this new furniture. So both Fantastic. of us have really enjoyed that. It's awesome. This yeah. is all bedroom furniture though, right? Yeah, it's just all bedroom okay. furniture. It's just uh, like I've never had a headboard for my bed ever in my life, but now we do. <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> so I got that and then new, a new uh, bedside table, nightstand, I guess, if you want to call it that, yeah. and a uh, new dresser too. And we desperately needed a new dresser, Kaylin and I, because we were using like my little dresser for one person to fit like all of our clothes. And that just wasn't flying for us. Yeah, <laughs> but for sure. this, 
this new dresser has like two different uh sets of shelves and then we each get three like big shelves for each of us so that's worked out really well awesome but yeah for sure and uh over Christmas, you know, I got a few things. I got Mario Odyssey, which I've been wanting for a while. Awesome. And I've played that, and I'm going to keep playing that and, and, and get on that moon grind. Uh, but I also many, got dude. the... the <laughs> I know, dude. And it, I'm already, like, hitting the, the point where it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to stay in one area so long to get all the moons. You know, I kind of I kind of want to move on and see the rest of the places. Yes. <laughs> but one day, one day I'll come back and, and maybe collect all of them. Mm. But I also got the Red Rising board game. I know that you have that, too. Yeah. So at some point we'll have to play that. We can play. And my, we could. We definitely could. And my sister also got me all the hard copies of the Red Rising books, which I actually don't own. Wow. So, yeah. Even I own them. I know. <laughs> I know. And uh, I was I was into them like years before you were, but I, I never owned them. But now they're on my bookshelf. So I'm really happy about that. Awesome. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a good break. Uh, how were you? Um, mine was pretty OK. Because I got COVID, like, at the beginning half of it, right? Um, mm. Right, like, a little bit before Christmas. And um, it was kind of sad because I didn't really get to see my family. Because I was like, I'm not going to go hang out with y'all. I don't want to see anybody. Like, I, I'd rather not, you know, get, expose other people and then, like, ruin basically my family's Christmas. Like, if they wanted to have my grandma or whatever over and I'm like, you know, I'll just stay here, right? Right. So it was a little, little sad, but it was funny. Like my, my parents would come by the apartment and just like drop off all these gifts like here. And then like, <laughs> I, I opened stuff Christmas morning with them, like through FaceTime and, um, and I appreciate your gesture coming over and dropping off those trinkets. That's great. <laughs> so, little trinkets. Yeah. Little trinkets, little Minecraft slimy boy or whatever it was. <laughs> it's a little cat in there or whatever, but, um, it was pretty funny. Uh, just like having to people drop things off for me. Um, so, but it wasn't too bad. It was nice kind of like having time to myself, hung out with the cat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I got better, so I wasn't really sick necessarily, but there was one day that I was feeling like kind of bad, but, um, there was only, that only happened one day after that. I was like, I felt completely normal. And then once I was fe- uh, fully fine, um, for new year's, went up to a wedding of a, a good friend of ours, um, that, you know, of course, from high school. Right. And, um, that was a new year's eve wedding right and so we were there through new year's sam and i and it was incredible it was amazing like it was the most fancy thing i've ever been to well, okay i don't well maybe as far <laughs> as i can remember honestly like um little champagne glasses had like our name like a little plastic little thing with our name and our table number and then like our um plates had like these little plastic like cursive things that had like our name it was like alec in like cursive writing and this like little plastic 3d printed looking thing and it was like gold painted it was like really pretty i was like what this is incredible <laughs> like who thinks of like that um but uh alex the guy the wedding that we went to he was like uh his his wife thought of like everything apparently he's like he, he said he wasn't you know familiar with wedding planning but she came up with all these like great things and he was like you know sounds great do it sounds great do it basically nice um, nice like they they had like a signature cocktail right and it was a uh, old fashioned um and it had like it was like named after their cat and the the like big ice cube it was a like a cube like a giant cube and it had like a mm-hmm. little engraving of a cat head on it <laughs> on the ice cube <laughs> yeah but it, it was like scratched in there like with a pick you know what i mean 
Uh, uh, there's a cute little cat in it. Like, it was it was like cute because it was like the cat's. It, it was the signature cocktail for like the wedding, and it was like the cat's name, and it had a picture of a cat on it. Uh, so like little things like that that she thought of that I don't think anybody else would like do that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't th- you don't think that hard. Like, what is the ice gonna have on it? <laughs> um, so it was awesome. Like all the little details was great. Nice. And, they had, and they had live music. So sing a live like band. A yeah. band was actually there. Yeah, they played like all the like. 80s 70s hits <laughs> ah. they played jackson five they played superstition i think <laughs> classic classic yeah they played a lot of cool songs and everyone was grooving so it was fun um but before break even started saw spider-man and i think you saw spider-man oh, like what yes. that next you saw spider-man the same day right yeah i saw it opening night as well yeah, yeah. on the 16th <laughs> oh yes yeah uh which i'm glad i did because i knew i mean we were both familiar with like some of the leaks and rumors that were going out. Cause we, that was like part of our yeah. podcast. Right. But, um, of course. it was, it was nice to see some of them confirmed, but like some of them, like, uh, Oh, I don't know. Basically we, we basically hit the mark on most of the things, but we it did, was nice yeah. to like know that stuff before anybody else actually spoiled the actual way that it was going to happen. You know what I mean? Right. And I saw like, uh, I don't know if you said, I I, maybe it was like a reviewer or like a comment I read, but it was like, um, you know, this movie basically hit every single expectation you would have had. Like all, like it lived to the hype, basically. Like if you had an expectation going into this movie that you were hoping for, it basically happened. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. like rarely happens when I go see a movie. Like, did you feel the same way? Oh yeah. And I've told that exact same thing to basically everyone I've talked about this movie with, uh, the, the biggest feeling I came out of the theater with was just this huge feeling of satisfaction mm-hmm. that everything I wanted to see from this movie, everything that I was hoping to get out of it, I got out of it. Right. Exactly. Like it was just awesome the whole way through. I came out and I was like, right now in the moment, I can think of nothing wrong with this movie. This exactly. was perfect. This was like the best <laughs> uh, movie experience I had had since Endgame, And exactly. I still feel that way. I don't, I don't feel like the movie was perfect now. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever you step away from it and think about like the exactly. whole picture, uh, but like in the moment, I was like, wow, I haven't felt like this since Endgame. And that was great. Yeah. Like when you get more critical with it, then it's like a little iffy. But there was another like reviewer and he was like, um, he was, he said that he was too entertained to like really care about the plot holes or anything going on as yeah. you're watching it. Right. Like you, you're just having a good time with a movie and that's what movies uh-huh. should be. Right. Like you, like your suspension dif- disbelief can be there. Like there's some stuff that happens like, okay, whatever. I don't care how convenient this is. I don't care if Ned can magically do magic now. Like who cares? (laughs) Like, I don't really care about that at the moment because there's other more fun things and entertaining and, you know, frankly, really good stuff happening in the movie. Um, to like make me not care about some of the smaller, maybe, you know, dumb details that plot holes or whatever that are happening there. Oh yeah, most definitely. And it's kind of funny. You mentioned that because coming away from it after a couple of weeks of thinking about it, that was probably my biggest gripe. Uh, I didn't necessarily like that. Oh, now Ned can do magic. Wow. What a great plot device. Right. Mm-hmm. But in the moment I was like, oh, this is kind of goofy and wacky, but I'll take it like it's fun. Uh, there was never a point in the movie that I didn't think it was fun. The entire movie was just a blast. It was mm-hmm. a joy. And seeing it on opening night, too, made it so much better. And to, to be frank, I haven't seen a movie like on opening night since Endgame. So that's probably why it reminded me so much of seeing Endgame. Yeah. And this movie was the most hyped movie in recent times, too. So. Seeing it on opening night, you know, you got a packed theater. Every time a big moment happened, you had like the crowd cheering, even some of the small moments. Uh, because I believe Daredevil, he was in the movie. 
Mm-hmm. And at first, uh, Kayla and I, we did not know who he was. Like he showed up because he was uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man's lawyer. Mm-hmm. And some people were like, wow, they like started cheering and clapping and they like pointed at him. They're like, it's him. And then it's Kaylin turned dog. to me and yeah, Kaylin turned to me and she's like, who is that guy? And I was like, I have no, no clue. <laughs> so some of the moments uh, we weren't able to like be with the crowd and, you know, yeah, be yeah. hyped about them. Uh, we, we, we researched it later. We're like, oh, okay, it is this guy who's yeah. part of like the cinematic universe. So it did mean a lot to some people. But, you know, all the big moments that we all loved, people were like standing up, they were clapping, they were cheering. You know, it was it was great. Mm-hmm. It's funny because Sam, too, she was like, who is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's Matt Murdock. Daredevil. But um, I haven't even watched Daredevil on Netflix or whatever, but. Neither have I. I mean, like. I knew of it and I knew who he was like the actor and like I like I was familiar enough with it to be like oh okay that's pretty cool yeah yeah I'm just a really good lawyer <laughs> whatever he said um, <laughs> and then I knew I knew as soon as he caught the brick that there was something about him right so yeah but it's funny because like essentially what you felt was like what Peter felt like in right. that moment right which so like, like people who people <laughs> who know what's going on like you're like wait why did this guy just catch this thing and like uh-huh. obviously like if you're a Peter, you're a superhero guy. So you like, you know, that exists. So you're like, now you're curious. Like this guy has to be like a little more than just a blind lawyer. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But anyway, um, the kind of the first thing I wanted to talk about is, um, the, the villains of the movie. And it was exactly kind of how we hoped, you know, like a lot of the older villains got adequate screen time. And they were able yes. to talk to each other like as villains, right? And they were able to talk with the main cast. And then there was maybe not as much talking with, you know, the other spider people in the movie, but um, like there was some, but but I think it was fine. But they got enough screen time. They got enough time to express themselves as villains again, right? Like Alfred mm-hmm. Molina and William Defoe, like like them two especially got plenty of screen time and plenty of time to develop themselves as characters again in this this new movie. And that's what I was really um pleased about for the most part because i was really worried that it was going to be like you know maybe like a spider-man 3 again where it just seems very clustery and there's so much things going on you're getting really bogged down by all the villains and then all the spider-man has to go fight every single one of these at one time like i really wasn't wanting a movie like that but this felt good it felt like they um did them justice too from their the movies that they came from um and it wasn't um they didn't like ruin um the other movies that they were they were originally from they kept them true to their character development to wherever point they pulled them from from their original Mm -hmm. movie yeah i was very satisfied with that as well and i'd also mentioned in our hype podcast that i wanted uh green goblin especially to kind of be like the main villain and i was Mm -hmm. so happy that that was the case in this movie uh and you know some of the villains did kind of have to be sidelined a bit like lizard and sandman didn't really get a whole lot of screen time but i even mentioned in our previous podcast too that i didn't want them to and i think that the people that made the movie realized that they weren't necessarily the most popular of villains they didn't necessarily have the most like complex stories to tell uh so sidelining them i think was a totally fine move i don't think anyone really had a problem with that but you know Mm -hmm. going back to goblin uh he I felt like he was even a little bit more unhinged and crazy and manic in this movie than what I remember him from Spider-Man one. And I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Uh, you said in your notes that Willem Dafoe had an excellent like performance and I couldn't agree more. You know, this guy just gets better with age, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the funny thing too, is, uh, I was reading some articles online 
And he said that he wouldn't agree to do this movie unless he was allowed to do his own stunts. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's in his late 60s. He was still out there doing every single stunt you see him doing in this movie. Mm-hmm. So credit to him. His performance was awesome. And then yeah. uh, for Doc Ock as well, you know, he, he got a lot of screen time. And uh, basically his arc was what we predicted, right? He came in. He was a bit confused at first. He was angry. The chip was still controlling him. And uh, he pretty quickly goes onto the side of the Spider-Men and ends up helping them out in the end. So I was satisfied, even though it was kind of predictable what his arc was going to be, the way they did it and how slow paced, you know, that you had Peter talking with him. And uh, even in the scene, whenever all the villains were like captured by Peter and they were talking to each other, all of that pacing wise was excellent in my mm. opinion. So very well done. Yeah. Uh, William Defoe though, I think I saw an interview with him, but he, he was saying something about like the, the practical stunts and how like more real it feels. Right. Like with the acting, because he's like, oh, all the CGI stuff is great nowadays. But but he's like, I want to like, it, it, it's a different different experience when there's like two actors like, you know, being being there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and doing doing the actual things, and I think that like really helped this out. Like seeing him just like, you know, getting like punched in the face by Tom Holland, and he's just like, oh yeah, laughing it up. I'm like, this is crazy. That's where that manic side came yeah. in. And I never saw him do anything like that in Spider-Man 1. I was like, man, he is unhinged in this yeah, I movie. Know. He took it up a notch and it was and like, great. He like blew up all those cops with his pumpkin bomb thing. And like, uh-huh. like, like this is getting dark fast. And it's, it was pretty gruesome. He yeah, brought yeah. down an entire building, you know? <laughs> and and I'm, I was shocked because I'm like, what, I don't remember the last Marvel movie that was like, I mean, there's parts like people die and it's like sad, right? But this is like evil. Like you're seeing like, true evil happening right now on screen mm-hmm. right and i'm glad it had to be a spider-man movie because i like spider-man so but it's like you're seeing true evil happen and then spider-man has to deal with it right and then th- there goes to that scene uh with the aunt may aunt may scene um happens like right after that right um mm-hmm. and you know i want to hear your opinion on it but um I, I some people thought it was weird but i i thought it was nice that she basically became the uncle ben for this version of Peter Parker and she basically gave him the uh, great power uh, comes great responsibility line. And yeah, I, I, how do how do you feel about that? Uh, that being I mean, like, I don't her being the uncle Ben, basically. I don't think it's weird at all. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was great. You know, after goblin escapes and you know, she's been with Peter by his side the whole time goblins on his rampage, you saw she got either hit by the glider or hit by debris. I can't remember, but she got hit by something. And, I knew as soon as she was hit that hard, I was like, oh God, you know, this, this something's it, yeah. already wrong here. She's, she's probably going to die or at least be very mortally injured. Right. And, uh, Peter of course is like, he's still kind of in his adrenaline rush. He's like walking around like, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to yeah, get out of this situation? Being, and he's being like, very naive. okay. <laughs> yeah. Very naive. Cause he doesn't really know what just happened. And May's kind of like falling around like, oh, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Then she just collapses. Mm-hmm. And Peter just is like, what's wrong? Like, he can't really comprehend that his aunt has been mortally injured right mm-hmm. in front of him and that he did not stop it. You know, he, this is, this is where I think they, it was very well done because in every previous, like uncle Ben dying, Spider-Man had a chance to stop it. And he didn't Here, Tom was trying to stop it, but he failed. So he still feels that gravity of the situation watching may fall over dying He's like, I was fighting him. This was my responsibility and I let her down and she's going to die because of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, the actress did an awesome job 
of, you know, she started like hyperventilating and panicking a little bit. She's like, oh no, she's like falls. Mm -hmm. And Tom Holland, credit to him, uh, he gets immediately very emotional, very much in denial. Uh, you can see that whole naive uh, thing on his face, you know, and he's like, no, you know, you're going to be okay. Please, May, just, just open your eyes. You know, it's going to be fine. Uh, but she brings it all together, gives him the speech and says, with great power comes great responsibility. I didn't think they were going to do this for Tom Holland. Yeah, I knew I knew that every Spider-Man previous and every iteration of the comics or animated TV shows has this moment with Uncle Ben where it's like great power, great responsibility. And people were kind of almost memeing coming into this movie. Like if we have to see Uncle Ben die one more time, you know, I, he, Peter doesn't really have an Uncle Ben in this, but mm -hmm. people were kind of over the whole Uncle Ben storyline type deal. So they were like, oh, I don't want to hear the line again. But the way they presented it here, I thought it was very good. And you know that she's about to say it whenever she like she's like looking into Tom's eyes and says, like, look, listen to me. You know, it's about to come. And I quoted her with it whenever she was saying it in the theater. Like I said it along with her. And I thought that was a great moment. You know, you, you know, it's coming, but it's not cliche. It's right. It's the right moment for Tom as Spider-Man. And mm -hmm. I loved it. Yeah. And it's just weird because I've, I've seen things online about how, you know, basically this, this was the three, these three movies were, were his origin story. You know how like the yes. other Spider-Man movies, they would say the beginning, but like, this is his like, fight for like finale this is like the the finishing touch like this is when peter parker becomes peter parker right yes. and that's why i've kind of started to appreciate the other two movies a little bit more because they didn't really feel like spider-man but like if you watch them in sequence now seeing where it's leading to and seeing like all the choices that he's made up until this point that makes him become spider-man um it makes me appreciate it more so that's why i don't i don't really mind that she says that either like this is finally like his like okay i need to like pull the pants up put the buckle in time to be a big boy <laughs> and, right. and go be, go be the Spider-Man I'm supposed to be. Right. And, you know, take that responsibility for these, for things that are going on. Um, mm -hmm. cause you know, like with Spider-Man, everything is like, it's action, consequence, action, consequence, action, consequence, whether it's a positive or negative consequence from whatever he decides. That's what this whole movie was like from the very beginning. Like, um, me choosing to do something is going to have an effect on something and whatever that outcome is, I'm going to have to deal with it. And a lot of the time it was a negative outcome and it was just like negative outcome out of their negative outcome. And he had to make a new decision each time. And so basically he keeps like tumbling down this, this hill. And now he's having to deal with all these extra things until it finally comes to it, to an end at the very end of the movie, um, where he, he decides for himself that, you know, everybody forgetting me is going to be the best option here, um, yes. to save everybody. And that's because he feels like that's the power. Like I have the responsibility to make this happen. This is the only way that it's going to, you save everybody. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I like that a lot. The whole, you know, having to have consequences for your actions and Peter having mm -hmm. to deal with those consequences. Um, and that, that made this version of uh, Peter Parker, I think a lot more special, just like finally getting to see that. Cause I feel like everything was basically handed to him, you know, like the Stark suit and everything and end game and Avengers and the iron spider, like all that was too like grant. And he didn't even know how to de like deal with any of that stuff without having to use it, right? Like the scene in the before Doc Ock comes, he has to like find the uh, that missions lady, right? But he has to do it without because his Stark suit doesn't work, right? So he has to go do it without um, having any of this fancy tech. He has to use his Spidey sense. He has to use like his um, intuition to to like save the day and figure out what's going on. And I appreciated mm. that he's finally like a Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, 
and this definitely was him becoming Spider-Man, becoming the Peter Parker that we know from past iterations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Toby Spider-Man and Andrew Spider-Man, they kind of rush the whole development. They have it at the beginning of the movie where he sees Uncle Ben die and then he becomes kind of a man after that. <clears throat> and I'm with you, too. This has made me appreciate Tom's movies a lot more because we got even a further peek back into like before Spider-Man. Like we're, I'm realizing that's kind of what we got with his other two movies and even his like cameos in the Avengers movies. Uh, it's all been building up to this movie, which is his coming of age story. Everything that happened here leads to like Spider-Man as we know him. Exactly. And you made a good point uh, about how he at the very end of the movie realizes the right thing to do is for everybody to forget me. Because the movie starts with him very, being very naive uh, with Doctor Strange. He's like, you need to cast this spell so that people forget I'm Spider-Man. Oh, but by the way, I want this person to remember. Oh, by the way, I want this person to remember. Blah, 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 blah. He messes up Strange's spell and Strange asks him, did you even like talk to the people at MIT to see if you could change their minds? He's like, well, I didn't really think about that. That just shows you how naive he was and how naive he has been yeah. throughout all the movies in, in previous. But through just this story, at the very end, we see such a more mature version of Peter that he is willing to give up all of his friends, all of his friends, anybody in the world that knows him to do the right thing. And I thought, you know, this is exactly what he needed as a Spider-Man. And it makes me excited in the future if he's to make more standalone Spider-Man movies to see him and this growth shown in those movies, a more mature version of Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. And I really just appreciated how much they focused on him in this movie. I mean, because it could have gotten really crazy with all the fancy actors they hired for this movie, all the villains and the spider people. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad it was still focused in the runtime. Because even seeing the runtime, I was like, maybe that's a little too short. But I thought it was fine, like, after watching it as a whole. But I'm just glad that they focused on Tom's story and his, his version of Peter Parker and how that's evolved through the three movies. And they didn't really get sidetracked at all too much. Like it was definitely still his movie. Right. And I, I guess that's a, that's a testament to like the screenwriters and everybody that went oh, in yeah. to make the movie because, you know, it could have easily gotten like really bogged down, but it didn't. And it still stayed pretty focused and gave everybody else ample time to, you know, stretch. And I thought that was awesome. It takes excellent writers and directors when faced with so many characters, so many significant characters, so many people to still make the movie feel like it's about the main character. And I agree with you fully. There was no point in this movie that I didn't feel like it was about Tom. Even whenever Andrew shows up, Toby shows up, it wasn't their movie. Uh, They were there basically just to help him develop. And we had talked about this too in our previous podcast that we would, we hoped that they would have moments, you know, between Andrew, Toby and Tom, where they would just sit down and maybe give him some advice, mentor him a bit, you know, tell them what he's what they've been through to help him get through whatever he's going through. And I love that the whole mentor scene happened right after May died because mm. he is in like the lowest place he's ever been. He, he really needs help. He just doesn't want to seek it because he wants to be alone. Uh, he goes up to the rooftop and of course, MJ finds him. Ned finds him. They have like a very sentimental hug. No words are spoken. I love that. They just hug him. They're like, this is, this is all you need right now. We know that you want to be alone, but we're here for you. They just give him that, that little gesture. And then the two Spider-Men show up. He voices to them how angry he is because you know, at first he was in mourning, he was in denial. Now he wants revenge. And all Spider-Men have been to this point. You know, you have the point where Peter wants revenge on the person that killed Uncle Ben to the point where they want to kill that person. Mm-hmm. And that's how Tom feels right now. 
And, you know, no one is better than Toby and Andrew at, at telling him what needs to happen now, you know, what to do and what not to do and to share similar experiences. And you have those moments, you know, Toby shares what happened with his uncle. Uh, Andrew shares how he lost Gwen. And Andrew Garfield, I just got to say, every scene he was in, he stole the show. Yeah, you know, it's pretty awesome. It's very brief when he starts talking about Gwen, but he... The emotion he shows on his face, his eyes, they're like shiny, glistening, watering. He's almost about to cry in just a, a, a very, very short amount of time. He goes from like serious to extremely sad thinking about, I'm, I know you feel like, you know, that that scene of MJ falling and cracking or sorry, Gwen, like cracking her neck is playing in his mind as he's talking to Tom. Like you see him reliving that painful moment but he has to he has to relieve that moment to tell tom this is what i've been through like gwen she was my mj and i lost her and he's like that was really tough and it's still tough <laughs> you have to realize that andrew spider-man never got any retribution for that like he never got any closure at all he's still going through it right yeah but he's like he's like but i'm still here he's like i i still want to help people he, he didn't say any of that but he's you could tell he's still a good person and Tom sees that in both of them. He mm -hmm. sees that they've been through a lot of hardship and they came out and they're still great people that are still heroes to many. And of course, at this moment, he's still not convinced that revenge isn't <laughs> the thing he wants to do, right? Yeah. He's like, okay, he's like, I get it. I get it that you're, you've been through these things, but I have not been through this before. I still want to kill the guy that killed my aunt. And that kind of leads uh, to bigger stakes in the final confrontation of the movie. Yeah. Because um, Andrew, his, his like, um, He's in Tick Tick Boom, right? Have you have you seen that? I've seen some previous for Proof, it, but yeah. I've never seen it. But yeah, so like I think it's like a, it's a Broadway thing. He's like a Broadway singer, mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's like very expressive, right? When it comes to all that, all those things. Um, so that really like helped that scene out. And what I also liked about that scene was when uh, Tom is talking about the Aunt May thing, and she he's like, you know, great power. And then it goes right into Toby's face, and he's like comes great responsibility <laughs> uh, they've all heard it i know but it's so funny it's just like you know they do it with toby because it's like that's that's almost like kind of what we were hoping for like the you know like it, it would have been great if like toby gave him that line but yeah, yeah. that was that was kind of like him giving him that line it was because like, yeah. they like finish each other's sentences um but yeah I, I just it was freaking crazy like um did, did your theater freak out when they opened up the portal and it was you know Call skinny uh Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> you know they did, dude. They freaked out so much that when he emerged through the portal and took off his mask, I didn't even get to hear his first few lines. People were like <laughs> screaming and shouting and yelling and cheering. I mean, for a good 30 seconds. And I at one point I was like, all right, this is this is great and all, but people need to quiet down because I kind of want to hear what he has to say. But it, it was great. <laughs> yeah, my, my theater freaked out too. Um, I thought it, I was just like, for, it was kind of surreal seeing him for a second. So I was like, this doesn't it was. feel real. This feels like a fanfic I'm watching or something like this is like, this can't, this can't be happening. <laughs> and, and also I have to mention too, uh, this happened more towards the later half of the movie. So I was almost thinking, cause we, we were the pioneers of this movie, right? We saw it opening night, right? When it dropped, I was thinking, what if these guys aren't going to be in the movie? Cause I kept waiting, you know, waiting for the scene the buildup to, oh, here comes Toby. Oh, here comes Andrew. And it just, it didn't happen for a good like hour and a half, maybe. Uh, so I was like almost accepting the fact that, okay, maybe it, it is true. Maybe they're not going to be in the movie. 
then as soon as Ned opens the portal, you're like, oh my God. And it does seem surreal. It's like, is this really happening? Even though you, you kind of knew always in the back of your head that it was going to happen. Everybody had predicted it. You're like, is this actually going to happen? You're getting excited. You're like shaking in your seat and then it happens. I mean, I, I cheered too. <laughs> oh yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Toby comes in. He's like, he's, he, re- he reminded me of like, a, what's it called? Like the guy from Blue's Clues. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can't remember hey, his name everybody. Either. Or I don't know what he said, but <laughs> that's what it felt like. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, hey. He's like, oh, I just came through this. Uh, this. Oh, it's it's gone now. <laughs> he's I love how Ned was. Like, Ned's like, oh, it's just a just guy because <laughs> he's not even in his Spider-Man outfit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's pretty funny. Like I remember, um, I was watching another review about somebody talking about it, and he's like, you know, there's. I, there's a lot of things I love about this movie, but there's something I just will never, I'll never get back. It's like, you know, Andrew and Toby showed up in Ned's grandma's apartment, and that's <laughs> that's how they interacted for the very first time on screen. Uh huh. It has to be in Ned's grandma's apartment. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit <laughs> underwhelming, to be honest. You know, but <laughs> hey, they brought him in, and it, it still felt fluid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you know, some people maybe were expecting like they just like you know spider web in from a doctor strange portal and like oh, uh-huh. you're here to help or something like that but no they was like this goofy like hey i'm 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 here everybody <laughs> i don't i don't remember what he said. <laughs> yeah i was expecting the final fight to happen toby like flies in from a portal <laughs> helps him you know beat up the guys gives him some advice and then says some See, it jumps and then leaves <laughs> you want forgiveness then look for religion or something like that what was that line yeah you want forgiveness get religion religion yeah <laughs> It's funny because like that happens like two minutes after he's like, I'm gonna kick dirt in your eye or whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> he like sees the picture that Eddie Brock took, and then he goes to like um, the newspaper place, and then he like confronts Eddie Brock, or he, he says like, it's a fake, and then they're like, oh, it is a fake, and then he like says that to. It's two great lines back to back, man. My goodness, iconic, iconic Toby, and I was hoping for some of that. But I didn't get any of that. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. But they did throw in the whole back thing. And I was the one, I was like one of the only people laughing at that because it was <laughs> kind of lame. He was, he was like talking about Andrew, talking with Andrew about like, you know, just some of the things they had been through. And then he was like, you know, I'm kind of getting old in my back. You know, it's just been hurting recently, like hurting a lot. And he's like, can you, can you kind of help me with my back? And then Andrew like pops his back. <laughs> so there you go. His whole back arc, it got some closure, right? Because uh, <laughs> there was that one scene where he was like, oh, my back, my back. And <laughs> that was I a Spider-Man too. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, there's one thing I thought that was kind of weird though was um so he sees doc ock again for like when doc ock comes back right mm-hmm. and uh he looks at peter and he's like it's peter it's so great to see you like and he smiles he's like and like for toby because he's like in the future so seeing doc ock again alfred melina like being a good guy like for him it's it's a long time and like seeing him again is actually it feels good right yeah. but it's kind of weird how i think Dr. Octavius was like, it's great to see you, Peter. Like, like, look, look, you're all grown. Like he says that, right? But in Spider-Man 2, they've only known each other for maybe a couple months. I think Max. Yeah. It right? may have been more brief than that because they really only had like a quality conversation once, once before twice, yeah. Doc Ock like debuted his son project. And that's when everything yeah, then, just went, went south for him. <laughs> yeah. Because he went to have a dinner with him and that was it. 
after being told by Harry about his like smart friend, right? Yeah. And then he does the the sun project thing and it goes haywire and his wife dies and he runs away and becomes Doc Ock. So like and then at that fight scene where presumably that's where uh, Doc Ock leaves right from the portal to get sucked into this universe. Yeah. He's he says he's like choking Peter like he's like has him by the neck, right? That's like right before he like disappears. So it's like before he decides to be a good guy again. So I feel yeah. like it doesn't make any sense for him to be like, oh, Peter, like, look how you've grown. Like, he doesn't, they're not, they're not buddies. <laughs> they know each other, well, right? Um, they, they do each other. And, and Doc Ock, whenever he was just Octavius, kind of wanted to be like a mentor to Peter. They weren't like, he's, I agree with you. They weren't friends by any means, but he, Octavius was trying to be kind of like a fatherly figure towards Peter at that point. So mm. saying like, oh, you're grown. It's kind of like a fatherly thing to say, right? That's kind of in line with what he would do. But, you know, really taking to heart, seeing to Peter, seeing Peter again. Yeah, I, I, I would take issue with that as well. Um, I, I mean, it didn't like take me out. It was like a thing I had kind of realized after the fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I, I, I went to go rewatch Spider-Man 2. I watched the Andrew movies again, and then I watched Spider-Man 2. Um, and I noticed I'm like, they didn't really know each other for that long. So I don't understand why he was that happy to see Toby. <laughs> Uh-huh. just because we're happy to see toby yeah I, I, that's why I, I, he smiled and i was like you know what i'm i'm happy to see toby um but it, it was weird seeing him acting as spider-man again and honestly like i feel like he didn't even miss a beat dude he was still the same awkward nerdy peter parker i kind of remember you know what i mean he was you know i did have some issue with his performance because he did seem a bit stiff but yeah. at the same time like he's supposed to be old he is he's like the old spider-man he's like kind of like the old uncle that does give them advice that's supposed to be uh, the one they look for for like maturity. And that's kind of what he was. He brought that to the table and he still was awkward. I mean, Toby Maguire always, I think is going to be a little bit awkward. Right. And uh, he still, he still was that kind of guy, but he did seem a little bit stiff. I have to admit uh, he, he wasn't as smooth with his delivery as he's, as he's been in the past. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that too is because he hasn't done live action acting in a few years. So yes, it kind of brought him time. Right. I think he's just been doing like voice work and other things. So they kind of brought him back into the spotlight for this movie. Uh, so I can definitely forgive any, any stiffness. I just, that's a comment also I've received from a few friends when talking about this movie too. So I have to, I have to admit I did notice that, but it, it didn't take me out of it at all. It still mm. seemed like uh, Peter, like Toby's Peter was there. Like that mm. was him. It was his, his first entrance. I think it was a little bit awkward. Yeah. Like the, again, like the, I don't, I remember what he said, but in my brain, I felt like he said, Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody. (laughs) That's in my head. That's what he said. I'm not going to, I'm not going to rewatch the movie just because I want that to be canon. But, (laughs) um, yeah, I, I say that that was a bit awkward, but I think like after the fact, when he was like kind of explaining things and like talking, he seemed like old school, awkward Peter after watching Spider-Man two, I still kind of feel that way. Yeah. And I haven't seen the first three Spider-Man movies in like years. So you definitely have a better perspective on that than I do um but i don't know i mean you're right there was parts where he was like it was kind of weird and because and he's less seasoned now compared to someone like tom who's been in a several really great movies like cherry and uh with the devil inside of us or all, inside of all of us something like that um like those are really great great movies from tom and then of course you have broadway boy over here singing right. his heart out tick tick boom and stuff like that so um he was definitely a little bit i guess uh more behind but my little third grade brain was excited to see him. 
Oh yeah, it doesn't diminish any excitement I felt too, because mm-hmm. Toby was the man I wanted to see. So I'm happy mm-hmm. we got him. Um, but let's let's talk about that MJ scene real quick. Like mm-hmm. when Andrew gets closure, he gets to do the thing he didn't get to do, right? And then with Andrew's phenomenal acting, though, like he catches MJ and like I mean, because some people might see those like a cheesy kind of thing. Maybe I didn't though, but I mean, I think some people may have. But like him like looking at mj you know just like about to start crying mm-hmm. and then she goes he's like are you okay and then she's like are you okay like i was like dang I, and i asked myself I'm like am i okay yeah for real i didn't think that was cheesy at all i literally almost cried dude me too it's it's crazy because you're like oh like oh action yay you know you're, you're all happy because it's like a bunch of fighting's happening you're really into it like the adrenaline's running through your veins too. And then uh, you see MJ fall. We know, you know, Tom goes to save her. We know he's going to get knocked aside because this is Andrew's moment. We've all been waiting for this since the previews showing MJ falling just like Gwen. And of course, Andrew springs into action. He jumps instead of like slinging his web because this is what Kayla and I discussed too. You got to think that he's been playing that in his head over and over. What could I have done differently? What should I have done to actually save Gwen rather than kill her? And he knows exactly what to do now. He's like, no, I'm not going to snap her neck with my web. I'm diving for her. I'm going to grab her, catch her, and land. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what he does. He sticks the landing. This is his closure. He saved uh, Peter's MJ. And he, you know, in in one second, he just, with the look on his face, you go almost to tears. He doesn't even have to say barely anything. He does ask. He's like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, are you okay? And he's like, I'm good. And the way he delivered those lines, the look on his face, it makes you want to cry. Mm-hmm. And I feel really bad for people who just like don't know. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the same. No, not at all. And you know? I honestly would say that's, that was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. That, that part was so emotionally impactful for, for me. It took me even like a few minutes to recover from that scene. I was still thinking about it. We flashed to some awesome action, all the Spider-Man fighting together, but I was still thinking about that scene. Mm-hmm. Like my mom, she was like, yeah, it was okay. Like she, she didn't really like it that much. I'm like, uh, you just don't, you just don't get it. <laughs> uh-huh. You just don't understand mom. Like this is insane. My brain is hurting. Like I love these, these movies. And I'm like, dang. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't even really like the, the Amazing Spider movies that much. I Neither mean, did like, I. but like now I went back and watched them. Like they're not bad. And I was just hyping Andrew because I just wanted to see more of him. <laughs> after watching the movie i'm like why do why do i appreciate him more now than i did then dude um, and i felt exactly the same way we came out of the theater and i was like we need to watch amazing spider-man 2 and that was like my least favorite spider-man movie ever <laughs> walking into the theater i i hated amazing spider-man 2 but i really feel the need to watch it again and i you you did watch both of them again right I didn't watch uh, two. I just watched the first one. You just watched the first one. Oh, yeah, I went back and watched the first one. I watched Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 1, and I watched Amazing, uh, the regular Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2. Gotcha. I mean, maybe even just seeing the scene, that scene, because the Amazing Spider-Man 2, as, it, as its own movie, like the whole package was not good. A lot of the mm-hmm. writing was really bad. I don't think it was Jamie Foxx's fault. I don't think it was Andrew Garfield's fault. I think the writing was just awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did have great scenes, and that Gwen scene was so, so, so good done so well and bringing that back in this movie and closing that up for andrew because like i mentioned before and like you said he's never really had closure he 
as a Spider-Man, is still fighting. He still has a positive attitude, but he's haunted by the ghost of the past. And now he finally was able to save someone who, for an alternate version of himself, that was their Gwen. That was mm-hmm. his MJ. He saved her. And that was just such a touching moment. Yeah. Um, but that end scene, too. It was, it was pretty cool. I wish there was more. I don't know if it was any kind of live stunts going on. Like it was cool seeing all the three Spider-Man like swinging together and stuff, like, you know, mm. playing off each other, but it was, it was all CG them, you know, it wasn't like them, them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of wish there was, I mean, I mean, how do you do that other than like, <laughs> like you don't, you can't, they can't actually swing around like that. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess like, I, I, don't, I don't know if Toby could, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think Toby could, it would definitely be stunt doubles and you have to hire some like yeah. circus people <laughs> to do something yeah. like that. Well, but even Tom can like do flips. He's like a gymnast, right? True. You do all True. these cool things. So, I mean, I don't know, but nothing Evan like Cole's, that, nothing yeah. like swinging around. I don't think, um, but that, that was really cool just to see them like, you know, work together to beat all the Spider-Man up or beat all the, the villains up, <laughs> <laughs> beat each other up. Um, who's the best uh, Spider-Man? Yeah. I'm the best. But the, 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 another weird thing though was um I don't, I don't know if I put this in my notes or not but the very end they used like old clips from the other Spider-Man movies to like cure the villains like the the like the Doctor Connors and um, Sandman those like scenes were from Spider-Man One Amazing Spider-Man One and Spider-Man Three. I didn't know that. I don't know if you noticed. Um, it was like weird. Like, cause I, I remember like seeing them, like these don't look, they, like, they look weird. They, these aren't the actor, like actors acting it now. It's like them edited yeah. from the thing. And then huh. I saw a YouTube video that confirmed my suspicion and it showed like them back to back. Um, like the Dr. Connor scene, like, right. I think it's like when he's being cured for the first time from being uh, the lizard, it's that scene, but he's like more clean in the no way home. It's like him without the CG on it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, same thing with the Spider-Man 3 guy, uh, the Sandman. Like he is also just pulled directly from s- some cut from the movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of weird. I was like, well, I don't know, why didn't they just, you know, I don't know if there was COVID or time constraints or whatever. They couldn't get them to like, you know, act out one scene. But that was, yeah. I, I, I did notice that it was strange with uh, Dr. Connors, especially because it was all like white and glistening and it kind of seemed like, you know, like a fan made cut like into the movie. Mm-hmm. And that was strange to me. Another strange thing, too, was uh, Flint Marco was like his sand form the entire movie almost. Uh, and <clears throat> in Spider-Man 3, <clears throat> when he debuted as a villain, as a villain, sorry, uh, he did spend a lot of time not as Sandman. In fact, he only really turned into his sand form when he was like trying to fight or do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this entire movie, he remained as a sand person. And it's probably I was because trying to f- they didn't have him. They just, he just didn't play the role. I think yeah, he that's it, what though. I was thinking. You know, I was like, either they didn't want to spend the money to like de-age him. Like I know they did with uh, Willem Dafoe and uh, uh, Alfred Molina. They, they de-aged them to make them look like they did in the Spider-Man mm-hmm. 1 and 2. So I was like, either they didn't want to spend the money to de-age the actor that plays Flint Marco, or they just literally didn't have him. And yeah, it would make sense if that was the case, because then they recycle old footage because he's just not there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was pretty, pretty weird. But again, that didn't really take me out too much. Um, but that end fight scene with Goblin mm-hmm. and Tom, 
that was pretty brutal. Like he is about to kill the Green Goblin. <laughs> yes. Like actually kill him. Like he's winning. It was crazy because we haven't seen Toby or Andrew get that mad. Like mm. they were the hardcore Spider-Man that have been through some stuff and they never got that close to wanting to mm. kill someone. Maybe Toby when he was like Venom Spider-Man. Yeah. But you can kind of forgive him for that. This was just pure Tom. You know, just he was mad. like, yeah. he's like, I'm going to get you like this is going to be the end of you. He was punching him over and over and over again. You know, he was ready to 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 stab him, basically, I think at the end. Right. Yeah. And then Toby comes in and like holds the, the glider. Um, before, you know, Toby gets stabbed. But right. I, this is what this is like what we talked about, though. Like, you know, Tom has fought like aliens and a lot of like crazy things right but he hasn't had like hand-to-hand fisticuff like get beat up you know right and this is the first time he that happens to him where he's like bloodied his suits all ripped up he's like mm-hmm. he's like you know final act spider-man like ready to go um and i i like that i was like man this is getting brutal um and i didn't know if they were actually going to kill off toby that in that scene though did you yeah. have that vibe? Like I was like, you're really going to do I this was, whole like, I, kill me off already? Like, yeah, I was, I was thinking about it and I was like, there's a, there's, there's no an way. avenue where they could kill him because he's the oldest Spider-Man. He's like seen all of his stuff. He's kind of like been through it all. He's ready to, to hand over the mantle, I guess, as some might say. Uh, but I knew that if they did do it, it would be so lame. I was like, please don't let him die. And I was glad that he was just like, yeah, he's like, I've been stabbed before. It's okay. And Andrew was just kind of helping him along. <laughs> like, there you go. That's, that's a Toby we yeah. know. He's not dying. He's, he's not dying yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's built from bi- buildings and broke his back. <laughs> he's literally he- stopped a runaway subway train and ripped his ribs to pieces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can get stabbed. Uh, but it's pretty funny. But it all, it, I don't know if it made the scene a little less anticlimactic or not. Like, uh-huh. after thinking back at it, because it's like, like he was about to kill Goblin. Then he comes in and stops him. Like, you don't do this. And then Goblin he gets stabbed. stabbed. But, you know, Goblin gets defeated. But also Toby doesn't die. So like there was like there was there was it wasn't no, necessary. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't any consequence for that uh-huh. happening. You know what I mean? And there should have been. Uh, there should have yeah. been. Um, like. Uh, the con like the consequence for Tom being too angry to not kill somebody and having to have Toby save him, the consequence for that should have been Toby dying, right? Yes. I mean, I'm not saying that that should, I didn't want, I, I, I like the way I didn't want Toby to die. That's what I'm saying. But I feel but like if, if they there put was a, that in, yeah, if there was a consequence for him being too angry. That would have been mm. the consequence for that action. Right. I agree. Um, but there was nothing that happened. It was just like, Oh, la da. I've been stepped before. All right. See you later. Dr. Strange, do your thing. All right. See you later. No one knows who I am. Bye, MJ. Love you. Kiss. Bye, Ned. Fist bump. And then boom. And peace out. Yeah. Peace it, out. It, I agree, though. It was, it was really anticlimactic because you get that moment. You're like, oh, my God, is Toby going to die? He's like, yeah, it's just a flesh wound. And then uh, <laughs> and then you just get the, the curing of, of Goblin. And he's just like, what did I do? And he just kind of sits there. And that's the end. You know? Yeah. Curtains close in the fight. Time to go back to the real world. <laughs> Um, uh, okay. Dr. Strange. I wanted to talk about him for a second. Uh, I'm glad that he only came at the beginning of the end of the movie yeah. to kind of like round things out. Right. Um, cause I was really hoping he wouldn't be like a side character in this Tom film. Right. Cause I'm tired of that. Like this was, this really was just Tom, like having to deal with all this stuff by himself. And Dr. Strange was there to kind of like, you know, be the, 
because it, it's multiverse stuff like he was that catalyst but other than that he wasn't really that big of a player and i liked that a lot because i didn't really care too much about the stuff that he was in right and i i agree with you too and in you know let's let's give homecoming for an example uh iron man was very present in that as like a guiding force for tom or at least as someone that tom was looking up to strange mm-hmm. was not that at all for tom and uh there was an interview done with uh cumberbatch uh whenever he was talking about how he was going to approach the role and he said that uh, Doctor Strange looks at Spider-Man more as like a co-worker rather than like someone that he should mentor or someone that he needs to give advice. And that approach was shown a lot during this movie to the point where like, you know, Strange is casting the spell. He's, he's taking Tom seriously like, okay, this spell, obviously you've been through all your options. This is the only option to take, so I'm going to do this for you. Then the spell is botched and he's like, dude, what's going on? And then he realizes that uh, Tom hasn't actually gone through all his options. And he's like, sometimes I have to remind myself, you're just a kid. Like, I know we've been through some crazy stuff together, but you are just a kid. Yeah. He doesn't offer many advice, though. He's not like, I'm going to help you on your quest. He's just like, go figure your stuff out. <laughs> and then kind of yeah, dips. Then come back. Yeah. <laughs> Which was good because too many people have held his hand uh, throughout his, his career as an Avenger and even just as Spider-Man. And to have this journey of self-discovery, he needed to do it on his own. So having Strange present for more of the movie would have been a hindrance to his story. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you fully. I think Strange was in it for the perfect amount of time. You did get that cool fight scene where Tom is like wanting to do something that Strange doesn't want to do. He wants to get all the villains back and cure them rather than just send them back to their universes where they end up dying. He's like, wait, you know, other versions of me have killed these people, but I realize that they're just misled, misguided. We can help them. And Strange is like, no, we're not going to do that. So him and Strange have a fight and he traps him in the mirror dimension and then comes back. So that was fun. Uh, and then after that, Strange only really comes back during the final scene to set everything right. And that mm. was all the time we needed with Strange. Exactly. Little did Peter know that if he watched the other Spider-Man movies, he would know that there's no saving these people. They had a chance and that Spider-Man didn't just kill them for the sake of killing them. <laughs> right. He wanted to save them just as bad, but they all killed themselves. <laughs> and they definitely still want to do that in this movie yeah <laughs> but it, it takes all three spider-men to actually save them yeah and they, it's, and it's pretty succeed. it's pretty funny though because they all like don't want to die they're like wait our spider-man kill us like that's basically how they like portrayed it but really that's not uh-huh. what happens like goblin killed himself right, right. and then even doc ock killed himself he did <laughs> he did <laughs> He All literally of Toby's said, people killed he sacri- themselves. He, he sacrificed himself at the end. Like I will, I will jump in the the thing. Like he, I'll fall in the river with my son or whatever. Um. So they all killed themselves. I, I don't. I don't really remember how Sandman dies. But did, did Sandman even die? No, 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 he doesn't. He gets reverted back too. I think, and then yeah. goes with his daughter. Right, he doesn't even die because <laughs> they're friends, right? Because he at the end that at that point in the movie, he's already come back. Sandman comes back. For, uh, wait, was he always Sandman even at the end of the movie? He never gets fixed, does he? I think he's still Sandman. I'm, I might be wrong. I have not seen Spider-Man 3 in a very long mm-hmm. time, but I do remember that he does not die. And that yeah, would explain he, like what you're about to say. He comes back, he's like, oh, Peter, hey, it's me. Hey, you know, it's me. He's very your friendly friend, with him. Your friend, yeah. Like, I just want to go back home and see my daughter. I have no idea where the yeah. heck I'm at. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't remember what happens to him, but hey, obviously he was a good guy or whatever. Uh, it's kind of weird how... I mean, his main goal is just to get back home to see his daughter, and he's going to do whatever he can do to, to make that happen, right? Yeah, so. and that's always been his goal. Even in Spider-Man yeah. 3, he was just like, I need to do all these things for my daughter. She's all I care about. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he trusts Peter up to the point where Peter seems untrustworthy in this movie. And he's like, okay, I'm dipping basically. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> it's just a means to an end for him. He's not, he's not inherently a bad person. He just has goals. And if people can't help him meet those goals, he's like, see ya. <laughs> yeah. And for me, that played enough for yeah. Yeah. him being on the, the bad guy side. Oh, there was something else I wanted to bring. Okay. Um, the very end, the very, 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 very end. Um, he like it, it's so sad, right? Think like think about how big a deal that is. Everybody in the entire world doesn't know who you are. Literally nobody. Your aunts, your uncles, your friends, your family, all the people you went to school with, all your teachers, all your educators, all everybody that made you who you are at that point doesn't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's where Tom is at right now. That's where this yes. piece is at. That's insane. Like I can't even fathom that. That sucks. <laughs> it like, really does no, suck. You have no anchor point. Like you're starting from literal scratch. Literal scratch. Um, and it's so sad to see him with like he has a little like note that he wrote out that he was gonna, you know, go and see Ned and MJ and he's so excited. And then he gets in there, sees Ned, and he's just like, you know, pooping around like Ned does, and then you know, talks to MJ and then she pulls her hair back and she, he, she, he sees that bandaid and he's like, he puts the note back and you see him about to start tearing up. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm going to go get emotional here too. Again, like for the fifth mm-hmm. time in this movie, um, you know, just like him realizing that, you know, I, I can't, I can't hurt her again. I can't put her in harm's way because of who I am. And he mm-hmm. makes that decision right then and there. Like I got to leave, I got to let them be happy and go to MIT and do their thing. And I got to be out of their life. Yeah. At that, at that point I was like, man, this is this is peter parker you know it is you know that's like the first spider-man movie where you know mj that mj is like i love you peter be with me and he's like i can't do this and he like walks away from uncle ben's funeral whatever Uh uh-huh it's just like that moment yeah it's it's heavy stuff Mm -hmm. and uh i remember talking to caitlin about the the scene with him and mj and she interpreted it as Oh, he's like, it's just not the right time yet. Like, I'll come back and see her again. I was like, no, to me, that played out very differently. Uh, He saw that he put her in harm's way and decided, you know what? Maybe I should just let them live their lives. Their lives would be a lot more dangerous with me in it. And now that they have a chance to not be in danger because of me, this is what it is. He's like, I, my Mm -hmm. priority is to keep my best friends safe. Even if they don't know that they're the closest people in the world to me, I want to keep them safe. They don't need to know. Because I had exactly. my time with them and I loved it. Uh, and that's such exactly. a mature thing for him. You know, you, you really do kind of swell with pride seeing him grow up into Peter Parker. Uh, and that just made me even more excited mm-hmm. to, to see him continue. <laughs> yeah. And he gets his little poopy apartment and everything, mm-hmm. too. It's yeah, like, that was classic. Just like yeah. Toby's old apartment. I yeah. liked how they kind of threw it back because Toby always had that nasty old apartment uh, yeah. with barely any furniture, <laughs> like a one room with a yeah. sink in the same room as the bed and <laughs> the kitchen and everything. That's what Tom's got. Yeah. And instead of like, we had a lot of scenes of Toby walking to his apartment all depressed and stuff. And even Toby, whenever he was down and out, he still had Aunt May. He still had some people that were close to him. Tom has literally nobody. <laughs> But he was right able now, yeah. to walk into that nasty old apartment and still smile, smile and still kind of mm-hmm. look forward to what's next. And I, I don't know. That was a great moment. Yeah, that's like good old Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that made me laugh a little bit because um, he has the box and he's like going into the room and then like I guess like the landlord or whatever. He's like, the rent's due at the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> you must pay your rent. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was thinking about that from the Sam Raimi movies, but I was like, what if he just turns around and is like, 
get your rent when you fix this damn door. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so funny. And then the movie ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it was, I, I, I thought it would have been hilarious if he like, said that, but of course he wouldn't because that would make any yeah, sense. Yeah. It's supposed but, to be this uh, really sentimental moment and that would kind of ruin it, but yeah. <laughs> no, I would have loved it. I'd be like, this is the best movie in the world. <laughs> End it this way. Uh, but no, the best part is, dude, his final like web sling out where he like handcrafts his own suit with you know mm-hmm. the knowledge that he has already from his old suits and stuff like that makes his own suit and it's like a shiny comic accurate spider-man suit yes um and it's kind of weird they did it at night you know i wonder why they chose that instead of him in the morning or the daytime mm-hmm. even though like night spider-man i think is cooler than daytime spider-man like swinging around like you couldn't see the suit as well at night but i think that was on purpose Maybe. I don't really see any symbolism behind it, though. Like, if you choose a night scene, maybe it's just to be cool. Maybe there's some type of symbolic meaning. But I think a day scene, you could even attach symbolic meaning to that. Like, oh, it's a dawn of a new day for this Peter. He's, you know, swinging off into a bright new future, right? And that'd be nice. And you get to see the full suit. So why not have it during the day? You know, there's an argument for that. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I would probably prefer a day scene. Yeah. A day swing off, but the night was pretty cool. He was, like, sliding on the roofs and um, I thought the suit looked pretty cool from the, you know, just seeing it in the theater. It didn't move kind of fast, so you couldn't really tell exactly what was going on with it, but it looked pretty, like, true to, like, what you would think a Spider-Man suit looks like. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly, like, verbatim from, like, a comic book. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, overall, dude, like, at that point, I was like, dude, this is, this is the movie. I came out, like, I, I gotta, like, jump and jump around i gotta i gotta tell somebody right now oh yeah i gotta talk to her i gotta talk right now so it was hard for four weeks to you know think just have it in my back of my head and i, I talked to a couple of people about it but it's finally nice to get it all out there oh for sure luckily for me uh, a lot of the people that i did talk to initially after seeing it did see it too within like the first few days yeah so i was able to have some most needed discussions uh because I definitely felt that hype too. I felt so energetic after the movie that I did want to take like a little sprint out of the theater. Like I wanted to, you know, go do a little jog. <laughs> I, I wanted to I, be Peter Parker. Yeah. I, was I, wanted so to, I wish I was Spider-Man. <laughs> Let me swing around. <laughs> yeah. I was so excited. I redownloaded uh, the Spider-Man game on my PS4. <laughs> nice. Nice. And I'm replaying it even though I platinumed it. And um, I've been, I've been wearing the, the amazing Spider-Man suit. Nice. Yeah. Pay homage to Andrew. Yeah. It's really sad though because they added that suit like way after, like last year when I was playing the game, before I because I, I platinumed it before Miles Morales came out, uh-huh. and um, the the Andrew Garfield suit wasn't in the game. Uh, so they brought it out just for like this movie. I don't think it was this movie, but it was it was like a few months ago they added as DLC. Okay. Because there's okay. the the remastered PS4 Spider-Man game that came out for PS5, and that remastered one has more suits, and they just added for free DLC. Um, uh tom's suit from the movie like the uh mm. the black and white one or the black and yellow one with the reverse spider-man suit you're talking about the one that he did mm. with the doctor strange stuff on it that yeah, one's yeah, yeah. in that one's in the new spider-man game nice uh, so they added some cool stuff I'm, I'm hoping they add his end credits scene suit by the end of the year but i feel like the only reason they haven't yet is because of uh either spoilers, spoilers. yeah or um they want to save it for spider-man 2 yeah i could see that yeah <clears throat> Uh, but but um, I, I did want to say too about Andrew. So many people kind of felt the way we felt about Andrew's performance and uh, the closure of his arc that they wanted to see more Andrew. And Kalen's been on like Spider-Man TikTok for a little bit ever since the movie, just like seeing all kinds of 
fan reactions and theories about what's going to happen next. And a lot of people are like, we want Amazing Spider-Man 3 now. They're like, look, Andrew's still young. He can still get it. He can still be Spider-Man. We need to, to see him return after he's had his redemption and then have like another villain to face. And a lot of people want it to be Venom. Because mm-hmm. the cool thing about the multiverse that they've opened up now is all these Spider-Men can still exist in their own universe and it's still comfortably canon, you know, because they, exactly, they return yeah. to their, their timeline uh, and we can follow their adventures and it's not going to feel weird at all. You know, back, back before they were connected, it was like, okay, like Spider-Man's been casted as a new person and like with a new cast of characters, it's kind of weird because we knew him as this person, but whatever. Now it's like, oh, this is like a whole other universe. So this totally makes sense. And they could make a Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 3. So I don't know if they will, but I know that a lot of people kind of want that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of do too. I'd love to see Toby with good writers behind him, like writing a really good film for him, a good third, third act, third finale for him. Yeah, um, the trilogy. Uh, but Sony owns Spider-Man, so like they don't, I don't know if they need Disney's permission to like make more Spider-Man stuff because it's That's a partnership. That's the other thing. Because right, so. if they if they just want to make some money on the side, uh, riding off of this movie, they could easily do that. And yeah, they don't they don't need Disney's go ahead. They could just make the movie if Andrew's interested. So yeah, there is a real possibility it could happen. Uh, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's why the whole like Venom stuff has been happening, you know. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Morbius, the whole Morbius movie coming out. Um, I don't that might be tied into Andrew's universe. Could be. Um, that's a, that's that, interesting thought. Because there's a there's a couple of posters like in the trailer, um, people are like speculating because there's like one that has Spider Man on it and it's Andrew Spider Man, like in the trailer, and it's like some other things are like where Spider Man, like where like it's stuff like that. Um, so who knows? Maybe maybe they have some something up their sleeve, and I'm hoping to get an announcement in the next two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else to say? Yeah, I mean, like like how we opened the podcast saying this was one of the most satisfying movies we've seen. It, it really was. Uh, this was probably the best movie going experience I've had in years since Endgame. Uh, love it. Love to see where it's going. And, you know, I'm just excited for the future. I didn't think that Marvel was going to have as many heavy hitters after the whole Endgame arc ended, but this proves that they're still very much in the game. Marvel can still make you want to stand up and cheer for their movies. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Yeah. Um, this, this blew away my expectations completely. Like I mm-hmm. was totally satisfied what I saw and I'm glad that honestly, like, a uh, live, live movies going back to theaters is kind of like kind of coming back, you know? Oh yeah. You know, it kind of started with Shang-Chi a little bit, you know, kind of coming through this year or last year, I guess the new year. Um, but being able to see how much like what money this movie has been making and then how excited people are to like, just go to the theater to see this new movie, you know, especially after seeing, after finding out Toby and Andrew are in it by now, like mm-hmm. some people probably know that before going in now, which kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah um, my but, sister does. And she hasn't seen yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. My, like my brother does and he hasn't seen it. So, but people still are curious enough to go buy a ticket and see it right now. Right. And so I think that's pretty awesome. So hopefully that, uh, paves a beautiful, bright future for the futures of movies in 2022. <laughs> yes, uh, I definitely so agree. I'm super excited about that. All right, Zach. I think it's a good place to end it. What do you think? I agree. All right. Uh, I'm glad we're back. It's four weeks later, kicking it strong with Spider-Man. Oh, uh, yeah. Four weeks too long. Four weeks too long. So catch us next week, everybody. And with that, Zach, I'll see you next time.
Sounds good. See you.